0: Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we can uh, read your word, read these gospels about his life. We pray this morning as we look at these words that your spirit will illuminate these words for us. That your spirit will be at work in our hearts. That we might hear once again of who Jesus is and respond to him rightly. All for your praise and for your glory. Amen. Uh, There's something amazing about light. I don't know if you prefer the sunrise or the sunset, but I love the sunrise. Uh, You've gone through the darkness of the night uh, and then the sun begins to appear uh, on the horizon and it rises uh, and brings with it uh, that light and that hope uh, for the day ahead that's what we have this morning in our reading we have uh, the sun rising the light uh, shining into darkness jesus begins his ministry uh, he's been baptized by john the spirit descended on him like a dove the father proclaims him to be the son whom he loves Last week we had the temptations and saw how Jesus is the true son, uh, the new Adam, the one who was the obedient uh, one, the one who resisted uh, sin. And today Jesus begins now his ministry. John uh, his, it has been put in prison and we'll find out what happens with John uh, later on. But Jesus steps in now and continues that uh, mission Uh, that preaching that John had begun. And we read that Jesus uh, here uh, withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth uh, and went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. And we read that and think that's real uh, brilliant detail from Matthew. He's being specific uh, of what's happening. And he's showing us that, he's telling us that for a a specific reason. Because he wants us to connect what Jesus is doing here with what Isaiah prophesied uh, hundreds of years before. And we know this uh, quote from Isaiah chapter 9 really well because we just had our Christmas series uh, not too long ago where we have these readings from Isaiah. It's in this land, the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, uh, Galilee of the Gentiles, that those people uh, living there in darkness will see a great light. Those living in the land of the shadow of death, to them a light has dawned. The sun has risen to dispel the darkness. And so it's really important that we see uh, that once again, Jesus is the one who fulfills Uh, the old testament he's the one who fulfills those prophecies of the messiah the one who would come uh, as the light of the world we're told in isaiah 9 uh, who this light would be this light would be a child for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace here is the light as he begins uh, his ministry on earth. The light shines in this land uh, of darkness. Jesus uh, went there to fulfill uh, that prophecy of Isaiah. This was always God's plan. Uh, and again, we see Jesus fulfilling uh, that plan. And this light comes to shine uh, in darkness Uh, And just as it was then, it is true for our world today. Our world is dark. Uh, There are people living in the shadow of death. We see it each and every day. People uh, get ill. People lose their jobs. People live in poverty. We see war and conflict all the time. Uh, Families are bereaved. We see uh, homelessness. We see family breakdowns. We see... uh, Darkness all around us. We see that people live uh, in the shadow of death. But Jesus comes as the light of the world uh, to dispel that darkness. We're told at the end uh, of chapter four how Jesus uh, did that as he went through uh, the regions he preached and proclaimed the good news of the kingdom as he uh, Healed every disease and illness among the people. That light is shining into a dark world. And so this morning, uh, we see that light begin his work on earth. And what I want us to think about uh, this morning is, what does it look like for people to live in the light? Jesus, who repent... Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What does that remind us of? It reminds us of the message of John. It is exactly the same words. John the Baptist came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus comes and preaches the same message, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. What is repentance? Uh, To repent is to admit our sin. It's to make that confession that we have sinned against Almighty God. It's to express sorrow uh, over our sin. It's to have that uh, contrite heart uh, as we see the sin in our lives that it is against God and to have a sorrow uh, for it. But repentance doesn't and there uh, there's another step that is needed uh, and that is to turn away uh, from sin uh, and if we want a third C uh, that is conversion uh, to repent is to recognize sin uh, to confess it to have that contrition of heart uh, and then to see that conversion in our lives as we turn away from sin turn our backs on sin and turn uh, to Jesus J.C. Ryle, one of the great bishops of Liverpool, writes, True repentance is no light matter. It is a thorough change of heart about sin, a change showing itself in godly sorrow and humiliation, in heartfelt confession before the throne of good grace, in a complete breaking off from sinful habits and an abiding hatred of all sin. Such repentance is the inseparable companion of saving faith in Christ. To live in light, to live in the light of Christ means uh, repentance. It means to recognize sin in our lives, to have sorrow over our sin, and then to turn away from sin uh, to Christ. That's the first thing that we see. The second thing that we see uh, is this, Uh, following of Jesus so he comes and preaches that message of repentance and then we see him call uh, the first four disciples to follow him verse 19 come follow me Jesus said uh, to Peter and Andrew verse 21 going on from there he saw two other brothers James son of Zebedee and his brother John They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them. So we have uh, this message being preached repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, Then we see Jesus go out and call people to follow him. He calls Simon, Andrew, James, and John uh, come follow me. And what's their response? Verse 20 at once they left their nets and followed him. Verse 22 immediately. They left there. They go and follow Jesus. They leave all behind to follow Him. They leave uh, the security that they had. They leave their jobs and their homes. They leave their friends and their families. They leave uh, their comfort. They leave their careers, their possessions, uh, their positions. They had. Lots to leave behind. We often think of the disciples as uh, as people who had nothing. And Jesus pulls them out into his kingdom. Uh, But they left everything they had to follow Jesus. And this is the one that they left. Uh, This is the one that they left all things to follow. We've seen so far in Matthew's gospel that Uh, This one that they follow, this Jesus that they leave all things behind to follow, he is the Savior. In Matthew 1, give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. This Jesus that they leave all things to follow is the Messiah. He's at the royal line of David. He's God's promised king, his anointed one. This Jesus is fully human, uh, fully divine, truly God and truly man. We see in Matthew 2 that, that Jesus is the king over the wise. We have the magi come from the east and they bow down and, and worship the king. We see Jesus, uh, this Jesus that they left all things uh, to follow. It is the true son. The one whom God declares to be his son with whom he is well pleased. And we see his obedience uh, in chapter 4, uh, last week, as he resisted where we fail. And this morning we see that he, he is the light of the world and hope for all people. That is the Jesus that they leave all things behind to follow. And that's the same Jesus uh, that we are to leave all things behind to follow. It is the same Jesus calling us today to follow him. And what does that mean? What does it mean to leave all things behind and follow Jesus? It means to treasure him above all. Martin Luther in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress, uh, writes, Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. We leave behind all things, and treasure Jesus above uh, those things. And that includes leaving behind sin. And that's why repentance is so important. Uh, We leave sin behind and we turn to Jesus and we follow him. I don't think it's saying that we're all called to leave our families and our friends, to leave our jobs and our careers. Some of us are called to do that but I don't think that's uh, what the sort of standard is for everybody. What we're to do is treasure Jesus above all other things. And as we do that, as we leave things behind, as we follow him, uh, our lives uh, will be different. And so the question is, do our lives show that we treasure Jesus above uh, everything else? Is he at the center of our lives? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, Your life as a Christian should make non believers question their disbelief in God. Do our lives show that? As we say, we're people who follow Jesus. Do our lives show uh, that he is our great treasure? It will be costly. But remember who it is that we follow. We follow the King. We follow Jesus, the one who gave his life for us. Our lives are to be centered on him. He is to be our great treasure. And as we live those lives, as we follow him, uh, we will do all things that he may be honored. Leaving behind uh, all things Laying down everything in our lives uh, makes no sense until we realize who the King is. And so we're called to follow Him if we're to live in His light. And finally, um, living in His light, in His kingdom of light, uh, means uh, that we go fishing. I don't know if you've ever been fishing. Unfortunately, I have, and it's the most boring thing I could ever think of doing. You sit there all day and you catch nothing, and you think, what is the point of that? Jesus says to those who follow him, I will send you out to fish for people. Thankfully, this task is not like sitting on a canal uh, fishing all day. The, the uh, amazing thing about this is that Jesus calls us to follow him. Uh, calls us to leave all things behind. Calls us to treasure him. Uh, and then he calls us to go and fish for people. Uh, but he doesn't call us to do that in our own strength. He doesn't call us uh, to go fishing because he sees something amazing uh, about uh, us. He didn't call the disciples at those four in our passage this morning because he saw that they were well educated and they had an amazing skill set to be able to go out and fish for people. Notice what Jesus says in verse 19. I will send you out to fish for people. He's saying, I will equip you. I will empower you to go and fish for people. He will equip them For the task that He's given to them. He will give them all that they need to go out and fish for people. That's the amazing thing as we follow Jesus, as we repent and follow Him. uh, He then works in our lives. He transforms us each and every day. And He he enables us uh, to then go and take that good news to shine his light in the world. And didn't Jesus do that with the disciples? With those 12 apostles? We just need to look uh, to the day of Pentecost as Peter preaches uh, that gospel message, that good news. And at the end of that day, what do we read? 3,000 people added to the church uh, that day. Human history was forever changed by that group of disciples. It's the beauty of the way that God works. Galilee was uh, despised by the Jews. And it was that sort of, that stereotypical north-south divide. The southerners in Jerusalem did not like the northerners in Galilee. But where was it that God uh, first shone the light of Christ in that despised place that nobody thought uh, would, nobody would choose and who is it that God uses uh, to build his kingdom he uses the weak and the lowly sinners and he transforms us and enables us then to go and share that good news with the world And because it's Christ who saves us and because he transforms us and because he equips us and enables us to go and be fishers of people, it's him that gets all the glory. Not us, but him. We go that his name may be honoured. He will use us at whatever we think of ourselves, He will use us in ways that we could never imagine because he is the one who equips his people to go and be fishers of people. It's an amazing section of scripture as we see Jesus the light come and to be part of that kingdom of light is to repent, is to follow Jesus and then it's to go and fish for people. If you're sitting here this morning and you're not living in that light, if you've not uh, put your faith and your trust in Jesus, then now is the moment to do that. Now is the moment to uh, repent and believe and follow Jesus. He gave his life uh, for us. He went to the cross and suffered all that that entailed so that we might be forgiven and have new life in him. And so this morning, Jesus calls you uh, to follow him. If you want to respond to that, uh, then why not just shut your eyes now, uh, take a moment, don't wait any longer, and uh, pray to God. Repent of your sin. Turn to Christ and follow him. And live in his light. You are one of those who does uh, live in his light. If you're one who has repented and believed and is following Jesus, uh, then stand in awe this morning of the one who gave his life for you. The one who came to uh, dispel the darkness uh, in your life. Keep forsaking all other things for the sake of knowing uh, Jesus. Rely on him for his saving grace. And for the grace that he gives us that equips us to go and be his people in the world, to go and share the good news with those around us. Isn't it an amazing privilege for us to be used by God in the building of his kingdom? And when you might be sitting there thinking, being a follower of Christ is hard, it's costly. Will remember who it is that we follow. We follow the King. Peter asked in Matthew 19, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone, who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Following Jesus will be costly because we have to leave behind uh, things. But we have that great hope of eternity and eternal life uh, with Christ. And so we follow him. When we're beginning uh, to feel the weight of that call, remember who it is that we follow. And then go. Go uh, and fish. Take that good news out. Invite people to come and see who Jesus is. And we've got plenty of things coming up uh, in the next few months. We've got Easter uh, very soon. We've got uh, the King's Coronation in May where we're putting on an event Uh, We've got our mission weekend at the end of June. We're here every Sunday morning. There are lots of opportunities for us to go and invite people to come and see who Jesus is. Let's go trusting in in him that he equips and gives us the strength to go and do that. Uh, And let's shine uh, his light in the world around us that many more people will repent, will follow him, and will know life everlasting.